welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of the Be Moms Lead Show, the show where we uh, showcase uh, phenomenal mothers doing it up in entrepreneurship, on uh, motherhood, and in their personal lives. And tonight, um, because of all month, we've been talking about domestic violence awareness. Tonight, I have a special guest with me who is an occupational therapist, and she will be, you know, talking with me about how domestic violence um, is very, uh, has an impact on our, our mental health. Okay, so tonight's guest, her name is Dr. Talia Tidwell. As I said before, she's an occupational therapist. Um, she, she has been on other platforms to talk about how domestic violence does affect our mental health. And um, she's gonna tell us a little bit about herself and uh, her journey. Go ahead, Talia, and welcome. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for having You're me. You're welcome. So let me just say, um, as a therapist, not only do I see how it impacts our mental health, but my biggest aspect is how it impacts function. Because as an OT, we look at um, function and how physical and mental disabilities impacts um, one's function. So if you see somebody that's depressed, and they're laying in bed all day, it is impacting, that condition, unfortunately, is impacting um, their functional abilities. Or if you have a patient that has anxiety, and they're always anxious, and their thoughts bounce around, that condition is not controlled, and it's impacting their function. So it's just um, important that I reiterate that not only do we look at how it impacts our mental health, but how we operate on a day-to-day basis. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, many people have this sort of like a black cloud or like it's a stigma, it is a stigma about mental health and therapy and some don't even think it's necessary unless you're out of your mind, like in, like they see in the movies, you know, media has a lot to do with it, I think, but also cultural, you know, culture-wise, you know, that people just think like, you know, that's just something I don't want to do, and especially amongst the black and black, brown community that I've noticed in growing up. Can you share some of the disorders that may actually lead people to seek therapy uh, and maybe some of the symptoms of these disorders so that we could probably kind of uncover some things and uh, kind of ease some people's minds? Well, um, I want to um, touch on something okay. that you said. You basically said that um, it's a black cloud over the word, the word therapy and mental health. And um, some disorders um, may lead for people to seek therapy. So let's just talk about the black cloud first and the word mental health. Um, It's definitely a huge stigma on the word mental health. When you hear people speak about mental health or when other people speak about mental health, they automatically go into, I'm not crazy. There's nothing wrong with me. First of all, let me just say that mental health does not mean that you're crazy. Um, In order to be holistically healthy, you have to be well, mind, body, and Mm -hmm. spirit. And a lot of people don't understand that if you're not emotionally well, that that causes an impact on how you physically take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't have the knowledge base to put together that um, those two are intertwined your emotional well-being and your physical well-being goes hand in hand. 
Um, as far as the disorders that lead people to seek therapy, um, speaking from the African American or the color community, unfortunately, I don't see people that goes out to seek therapy. If you're talking about people from different ethnic, um, ethnic, ooh, my, my, I'm tongue tied, ethnic, ethnic, ethnicities, excuse me. Okay. Um, they typically, um, are comfortable with um, going to seek therapy for whatever reason. When it comes to black and brown people, that's the area that they don't want to touch on. Mm -hmm. I can say that um, a lot of diagnosis, um, prevalent diagnosis that should be treated um, with the help of professionals um, would be um, bipolar disorder. You have bipolar one and two. Um, depression. Definitely anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and trauma, sexual trauma, um, physical abuse, domestic violence. Those um, are some that really should address their issues in therapy. And I guess we'll talk a little bit in depth about the types of therapy, but okay. I just want to be clear that. I feel, I feel like being a professional that um, a lot of people don't go seek it. A lot of people of color don't seek it. But I'm mm -hmm. telling you guys that those are the conditions in which people really should okay. get the help that they need. Okay. I understand. And, um, you know, the symptoms of some of those disorders, uh, such as like anxiety, um, Mm-hmm. And that's really one of the ones that I, I, I do hear a lot of people, um, a lot of women in our, you know, our communities, the black and brown communities have uh, said that they've experienced anxiety. Can you talk about the symptoms? Because I think some people think like when you say anxiety, oh, I'm not crazy. Oh, I don't have that, you know, and not knowing that it could be something um, that that they are having, <laughs> they are having anxiety and maybe it's something where it gets let, uncontrolled. So go ahead and you talk about it because you're the, you're the professional here. <laughs> Help us out. Let's just, let me just be very clear when we're talking about anxiety, everybody has anxiety. Let oh, me just say that right, right <laughs> then and there. Everybody has anxiety. It's the level of anxiety that causes issues and impacts people function. Okay, so anxiety is normal because you can have anxiety about getting married, right? Nervous, mm -hmm. but that's good anxiety. You can have anxiety about open a business, opening a business. That's good anxiety. Um, you can have anxiety about um, whether or not you're going to um, pass a test, right? That's test taking anxiety. Um, when, where it becomes a concern is when you um, have anxiety that's causing um, you to be sick to your stomach, like some of the symptoms could be constipation, nausea. Um, some people um, twitch, like they might tap their finger, they might sweat, um, they might um, perseverate. Um, and for those who don't know what perseverate means, that basically means that um, they're stuck on um, 
one task or one idea or one topic and they're talking about it over and over and over again um they they go into like a worrisome type state and they can't come down from it so those are some of the uh, symptoms of anxiety another big um symptom of anxiety that i see within women um is when they bounce from idea to idea they start a task they don't complete a task they start another task they don't complete that task that's anxiety and a lot of people might say oh i can't function um i have adhd no actually you're all over the place you have anxiety because you're just trying to figure out what you want to do and you have so many ideas bouncing around but because your anxiety is uh, is not under control, you're you're all over the place and you're going from idea to idea, idea, and then nothing gets accomplished that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. those are some <laughs> of anxiety. And for me, um, I definitely suffer from anxiety, and I had to teach myself coping skills for for the for the past year. I had to take a major step back and as a therapist, heal myself to be a better therapist, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, I understand. So, you know, I had to learn coping skills to address um, my anxious ways. Some people who have anxiety don't sleep well at night. They cannot shut their mind off. Meditation is one of the greatest keys to easing that mind and quieting that mind. Because it mm-hmm. puts you in the present moment. You're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about tomorrow. You're in the still. Your mind is in the still and you're in the now. And it forces you to like relax, become grounded and become calm. So I would say that um, journaling. Because when you're anxious, you have thoughts all over the place. I started journaling. So I journal a lot. And um, what I do is I journal about what I'm grateful for because that keeps me in the present. Like I'm not going back to, oh, somebody pissed me off yesterday or this happened in my childhood. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about what God did for me today. He woke me up. And what am I happy about? What am I grateful for? These are the things that I'm grateful for. So that is my common and my coping techniques for living with anxiety. Okay. All right. And I'm glad you shared that. Um, because a lot of people just don't know how to cope. And um, I think journaling is, is, is amazing. I started journaling, journaling, I'd say maybe about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I realized too, that, you know, by journaling, I could actually keep myself together, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, it just, it's, it's just amazing what could come out of you, which you never really realized was, that was inside of you. Uh, first of all, uh, that's what that mm-hmm. was my you know um, relief from journaling. Like I was like, oh wow, this is this came out of me. Wow, okay, <laughs> you know when I go back and I right. read, I'm like, wow, okay. So yes, I think that um, you know as the listeners are anyone who's listening in who may be dealing with what you described, you may have given them some sigh of relief. I'm hoping that it's giving them some sigh of relief. And not thinking that you have to be totally insane in order to seek right. therapy. Because I would think that at that point, it's not even about seeking therapy. That's something that, you know, right. you know, it's out of control. I mean, really. I mean, so that's this is this is this is a beautiful thing that you breaking you're breaking this down so that the listeners can understand. And if anyone is uh, going through that, can go and seek um, help. 
Um, I'm going to jump right. to um, a question about seeking therapy, just because we're already on the topic. Um, mm-hmm. If a person is going to seek a therapist, should they be selective? And if so, what should they be selective about? So if a person is going to be um, seeking therapy services, it's very important to pick a therapist that um, specializes in whatever you need to address. And I'll break that down for you. So for prime example, you have people who have been in domestic violence, right? Relationships. Yes. Or you have people who've been sexually molested or raped, right? Um, then you have people that are, de- that are just like um, depressed or having, I'm not, I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm not going to just say just depressed as if that isn't major. You have mm-hmm. people who suffer from depression and or anxiety. So different therapists specialize in different things right okay um it is important that you find a therapist that is well versed and experienced right okay so if you were in an abusive relationship that's trauma you want a trauma based therapist such and as well as sexual abuse trauma based and i'm going to tell you why because you can have a licensed clinician who went to school for mental health and therapy service and they may be great, but they don't specialize in trauma. So okay. how can they really help you if they can't relate? You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And then um, you don't want, if you have a significant level of trauma, you do not want somebody just coming out of their master's program with very little training, depending on your circumstances. Okay. So I think that's important. Um to have a checklist of what you want um, when you're looking for services. And some people that may have experienced sexual abuse may not want a male therapist. They may want a female therapist. You understand? Okay. Um, and vice versa. So it just depends on what you want and what you need. So for, for me, I had therapy for the past three years with just a licensed clinical social worker, right? Okay. And it felt good to go in and talk and vent, but I felt like I wasn't growing. So I'm good at terminating relationships. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I'm good <laughs> at being like, you know, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Um, you have therapists that are um, specialized in different things. And it's okay to want to go to your, soci- your social worker or your licensed clinical therapist and talk. But sometimes people need a level of um, work so that they can reach that healing point. You, if you understand what I'm saying, some right. therapists that specialize in different things actually make you do work. They do assessments. They ask you questions. They have you work on things. You come back, you report, and they track your growth. Whereas though, is with a talk therapist, you're just talking. You're releasing that stress, your burden, your feelings, but how are you really growing in healing from whatever trauma you experience? Right, right, right. You don't want somebody to just sit there and let you vent all day because you could <laughs> you could continue to vent, but if you have nothing um, to help you move over <laughs> and beyond what you've been going through, it's sort of like you just sitting there venting. And then, you know, venting, uh, I found 
um, is that venting, it only does with so much. You know, let you get it out. You're right. Get it out. But now then what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you can eat. Exactly. Therapist that I was going to for three years and I was just talking, but I felt like I wasn't getting better. Like, I felt like I wasn't getting better. I felt like I was still carrying, like, the same burdens, the, the same pain. And I was like, all right, this, I need, and I'm I'm off of therapy. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. it. Because I specialize in something and other people specialize in what they specialize in. And I back and reflect and say that I needed a deeper level of therapy services to to begin a healing process so it's very important that you understand what your needs are and you have to be realistic about what your needs are and then you know um find your therapist that way okay okay because i know some people just don't know where to begin and i thought that that was very helpful um that you uh shared that because you know sometimes if you already don't think um very highly of therapy, you know, or of, of, of right. getting any mental uh, health checkup or anything like that, you probably just don't know what to do. You know, you probably just don't know. So I think right, right where you explained about the different, um, you know, ways of looking for your therapist, um, that does help out a lot. Um, I can tell you that right. I remember go- walking into, um, I walk into a therapist's office um, thinking that, you know, hey, um, you know, I need help, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and how, how you know, I didn't know if I was in the right spot. I just knew I needed to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. right? And um, I started talking, you know, just a, a few sessions. I wouldn't really tell the therapist everything that was going on with me. I just kind of get, you know, you don't say that right away. You know, you're kind of closed in. And I just said basically that, right, correct. You want to build that right. So I was first. just like, you know what? I'm not gonna open up right away. I just want to see where this thing goes. And I just started by saying, I don't even know, you know, who I am anymore. <laughs> you know where I am. I don't know anything. I just felt like saying I didn't know anything. I said it just like that. And she said this 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 term called loss of agency. And I was like, what the heck is that? Lots of agents. <laughs> I was like, what in the world is that? And uh, she began to explain it. But at that moment when she began to explain it, she lost me. Um, because I was like somewhere else. I was worrying about my kids, trying to get home. You know, when I was going to get back home, that anxiety came in. You know, <laughs> you think about 10,000 things. This if I, you know, right. About right then. And I was just all over the place. Right. And um, then later on, like some uh, while later, like, a year or two later, maybe <laughs> I went into I went to um, Google it, which is probably the worst thing you can ever do when you deal with mental health. <laughs> but you know, I did right. what was loss of agency and found out that it's like you get this powerful, this feeling like you have no control over who you are. You know, and I was like, oh my god, that that was me. And yeah, so right. I, I wanted you to like, if you can expand on, on that, because I think that when you talk about occupational therapy and how it, how, how um, maybe a trauma or abuse can affect the way you function. I mean, you were, hit, I was having like light bulbs go off over here when you were saying that, cause I'm like, this is exactly how I was feeling, <laughs> you know? Right. 
Your um your phone is breaking okay. up a little bit, so it's going in and out. Okay. But um, so I just want you to be aware okay. of that. But so basically, when you have um trauma, depending on the type of trauma that you have, um, it impacts your neurological system, um, your limbic system, because your body holds trauma, and your body um remembers you know trauma, so you know, it has a really bad impact. And a lot of times people who suffer from trauma, um, they don't know how to express themselves. They don't know how to even care for themselves. Um, They're out of touch with their needs. Um, And they like display people-pleasing behaviors. I feel like their voice is pretty much stolen from them depending on what type of trauma they've experienced like for me definitely I know like with sexual abuse you really don't have a voice because you're like trained to keep a secret or to be quiet so you really don't know how to speak up and that could be the same thing with domestic violence like if you're being abused um and your abuser is physically abusive and controlling you know, you really don't know how to express yourself. You know, you're worried about taking care of everybody else. And, you know, you're out of touch with your own needs. So it's just basically like you're lost. I understand. Unfortunately. So with that domestic violence, you know, um, as this this whole um, discussion tonight is really about how that impacts mental health, you know, touching on the domestic violence itself, you know, I know Mm -hmm. that there are different types of domestic violence. It is physical, sexual, financial, spiritual, you know, emotional, Mm -hmm. verbal, mental. I mean, all of this wrapped in one. I mean, which one, which one would you say would have, and maybe it's not, maybe it's not just one. Would you say that Mm -hmm. really um, has that like serious impact on your mental health? Um, I would say as a clinician who like study these type of things, they all impact you, whether it's emotional, verbal, physical, psychological, financial, it just tears you down as a person. I'm glad you said, you know, I've never, I've never been in a relationship where I was physically like abused, but my mom was so you know, I know that it impacts not only the person, but the children that sees it as well, because then you develop post-traumatic stress disorder, um, maybe depression, low self-esteem, low self-esteem, anxiety. You know, sometimes people carry that burden into new relationships where they don't feel worthy, they don't feel good, or they're always anxious about, you know, if it's going to happen again. A lot women understand especially women children they don't understand the impact that abuse has on not only them but their children if there's children in the picture yes uh, and i I definitely will say that you know i read read a a statistic the other day that said that over 15 million children experience domestic abuse in america and um i I was I, i don't i don't i don't want to say i was shocked Mm-hmm. But um, when I read that, um, it was it's very bothersome. It, it really was. Yeah. And I thought about all the mothers that um, 
are going through this and thinking like, oh, you know, like the kids are okay. It's just me. There's no, the kids, kids are not like okay. That. Let's, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about learned behavior. Let, let's get into learned behavior, right? If for mm-hmm. any woman that says, oh, it's just me going through it or the kids are okay. Let's talk about learned behavior. And I don't know if a lot of people know what learned behavior is, but you know, it's basically, you know, um, going through an experience in your your childhood or throughout your life and picking up on some of those bad behaviors, right? So right. let's talk about abusers. Typically hurt people hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think any man or woman, and I'm not going to just say men because women are aggressors at times and they are abusive as well. But right. I, I think somebody just wakes up one day and says, I'm going to put my hands on somebody, right? That's right. Client issue going on there, right? Or let's get a little bit deeper and talk about pedophiles or rapists. And it's evident and research shows that abusers were abused. Right, right. And that's behavior. And somewhere in their mind, I don't know if they normalized it or whatever the case may be, they take that action that they learned and they take it out on other people. Right. right. Um, I had noticed that you, you had posted a while, posted a while back, back about, you know, kids experiencing trauma. And um, instead of people thinking that they're, you know, instead of people uh, looking to check out to see if they're okay, what's going on at home, they were just thinking they were just acting out. And the, the, when when I read your post, I was very, um, it touched me in a way because I was like, you know, I work with kids all the time mm-hmm. and I know that these kids are suffering, you know, from some things that are going on at home. Right. And they're not just acting out, you know. Uh, some some children, like you said, that like you 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 just hit it on the nail. Everything you were saying, you were like trauma, 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 and more trauma. Yeah. And um, if these children are going through this trauma, and uh, we know a lot of teens are dating and stuff like that, you know, this happens. I don't care whether they're Muslim or not; it's still happening. They're they're meeting up with each other. They're dealing with each other on this level of what they think is love or what they call love, and um, like you said, the learned behavior shows up. And um, we have these kids walking around who you just said that they're going to be. These are the same children that are going to going to grow up and 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 take care of us. And, and this is serious. This is serious. Yeah. Well, and we can't. God, what were you saying? I was saying we can't put it on them. We can't, you know, and a lot of times that's right. what's happening. It's like, oh, we're putting it on them. Like they know how to act. You know, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? You know, but you know, we really have to dig a little bit deeper and deal with the issue um at the source of the problem, in my opinion. Um yeah. we've been dealing with it on the surface. We've been looking at the children for what they're doing and not how they have been impacted by the trauma. And um, and that's serious. So, so you touched on some really good points. So let's talk about like generational trauma, right? Generational trauma has occurred within the black community for 
years way yes. back to slavery and you know with the stigma of mental health a lot of families just sweep stuff under the rug right so yes. again surface level oh they're fine they're okay they're fresh they're too grown they're just acting out no it's something deeper but let me just say this in order to address trauma and issues you have to reflect and realize that there is a problem and a lot of these parents even our parents and even their parents were in so much of denial or embarrassment or shame they swept everything under the rug. So there was no deal, no business, no taking care of, no healing. You know, they didn't know how to. It's like a trickle-down effect of it. So that's number one. Let's be really clear on it. You know, it's generational trauma. Nobody knows how to deal with the trauma. Nobody knows how to address the situation. Some people are too embarrassed to address the situation. If you try to address the situation, you're the one that's the black sheep now or you're the problem because the family secret is out, right? And everybody is shameful, embarrassed instead of, you know, dealing with it appropriately. So Mm -hmm. for me, when I see kids and I don't work with children, but I do work with like adults and I've, you know, done research and I know for a fact that children just don't act out. But I also know for a fact that parents are there. What's wrong with them? She'll be fine. He'll be fine. Right? What kid, you know, just wakes up and go to school angry and don't do their work or you know, to fights and things to that nature. And I think even um, the professionals, such as teachers, are not even trained appropriate to look at to look at um, trauma or to identify trauma, like what's mm-hmm. going on. As professionals, anybody that's working with children should receive mm-hmm. trauma training. So when they see certain behaviors, it's not right. going by the wayside. They're able to say, oh, it could be this. Let me dig a little bit, little bit deeper. And that's not what's happening. And then when these kids display these behaviors, you know, professionals are so quick to mm-hmm. give them a pill mm-hmm. or put them on medication or label them as ADHD or oppositional defiant disorder or whatever you want to mm-hmm. label it as but they're not getting to the root of the problem. What is the root of the problem? Okay. And that's going on a lot. So we have a generation of uneducated professionals and parents um, and angry children. Absolutely. Basically, angry children that is being neglected because nobody recognizes the signs and symptoms of trauma. So they can't really get the help that they need. And we're in America, which is um, 
a pill pushing legal drug dealing society they want to put our children on drugs which typically creates more problems later on down the line right Right? either your appetite is decreased or you're eating too much or you're sleeping too much or you can't sleep or you're aggressive right because you're a legal drug dealer that just wants to give Mm -hmm. people a pill and that's really not helping the situation. That's true. That's true. And that's really deep. <laughs> that is very so deep. So it goes deep. Um, it's yeah, very, very deep. something that, that we can't even get, we can't cover <laughs> on the podcast because this right here, that's a deep situation. And um, I, I do pray right. that, um, you know, those of us who do, I mean, like yourself, you're, you're, you're a professional at this, you know, that soon sooner than later we'll come up with some solution to help um these kids and to properly orient the parents on how to deal um and other professionals like educators such as myself you know just to be able to to um to help these kids because like you said they're not always just acting out you know it's just not something that you know like you said it's learned behaviors and things that they're seeing so yeah of course um, Talia, I, I just want to say that you're like a wealth of information and, um, and I appreciate you so much for really, um, taking the time out Thank to, to talk about this topic, which I think is a very sensitive topic and, um, that people, um, need to hear more about. I don't think it needs to be just in the month of, um, domestic violence awareness and how it impacts mental health should not just only be in the month of October. I think it should be like an, you know, an all year thing um, so that we can get better at this and we can detect these situations that are going on in these homes um, and helping each other out and women not having to feel like they're stuck and alone, um, you know, dealing and and trying to cope uh, and thinking that it's only them and know that you're right. The children are being affected. and you know what? It's a lack of resources. It's it's mm-hmm. a lack of, especially within the Islamic community, mm-hmm. because we don't have trained professionals in the masjid yes. to deal with um, abuse on any level. You're right. Whether domestic, sexual, whatever the case may be, they're not trained. And, um, like, I don't know if you sat on the panel that I did two years ago um, about domestic violence with the imam, and he basically straight up said, like, that's not our lane. We're we're the spiritual leaders, Mm. you know? Um, That's not our lane. We can't, we don't have the proper resources. Mm -hmm. So having, you know, professionals in the masjids that provide those services um, or just you know, having their contact information available would be great because typically what I'm hearing is when people go to the masjids and talk about abuse, it's the response is, oh, be patient or pray. And that's an inappropriate response to give anybody that's being abused and oppressed. That's right. Right? What if the person kills them? That's right. Or they kill themselves. they kill themselves? So it goes deeper. So unfortunately, it's um, a lack of knowledge base and a lack of training. And typically, I find that 
victims or survivors, because I don't really like the word victim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll say survivors. Typically, people um, don't believe them or they don't support them the way they should. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or they're outcast for speaking up. And that's why a lot of times people do not come forward when they should be receiving support. Yes, yes. And I've heard a lot of people say, you know, the most unprotected person on earth is the black. black I, was to, I was just about to say that. Black and girls, women, yeah. That's absolutely correct because, you know, we can say so-and-so did this or this is what happens and it's like, uh, side-eye. But let it be Becky mm-hmm. or Sally or Sue. Mm-hmm. You, you're going straight to jail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do not pay us go. You're not getting two hundred dollars. Like you know, mm-hmm. we're at least likely to be believed. So, <laughs> Period. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if you do speak up, you're shamed about it. Yes. Why are you talking about it now? What did you do? And mm-hmm. it's like, why do we got to carry that burden? That's right. That's I not know. our burden to carry. Are you shaming the family? We didn't do anything. All of that. Yeah. And and then survivors carry that guilt and that shame with them throughout their life, mm-hmm. lives because of that experience. And that's a whole nother mm-hmm. demon that you have to tackle. Right. And especially if you're raising children, can you imagine now you have girls? You you've just you just went through what you went through. Now you're into a relationship where you've got your children now, and now you have to deal with that. Did you held all of that in, and that, because you said something, the reaction that you got now, if something were to happen to your children, maybe you might do the same thing. Like, oh, listen, don't say anything. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. And I've then now seen that it happen. Cycle continues. I've, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. To save face, it's like people protect the predators. Yeah. Yeah. So to save face and to keep that family secret, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it happened. It was years ago, or you know, don't tell. So it's like sweeping it under the rug. That's just 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 just, just what it is. Back. <laughs> to pull the rug exactly. back and clean up the dirt, and that's just what it is. You can't keep piling the dirt under the rug. Pull the rug back and address the situation. Right, right. Because just like you have so generational I, trauma, I mean, you can have generational heat. 